Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. This is Lee Douglas. I don't normally start out a show like this, but I want to give everybody an opportunity to understand what I'm about to do. The show that we're doing tonight has has some flaws. Basically, the flaw is simple. Uh, my phone went out. The phone that I used to do our our bridge to to TalkShoe Network went, and we had to uh, do it off of a regular phone right into my little mini tape recorder. So it is not the quality that I particularly like. But it is an excellent show. It, it shows a lot of uh, in, insight into the uh, students at, that go to Alvernia and are in my friend Bruce Marinelli's class. And for that, it is good. It is also a lot heavier in memor- my memories. And uh, for those of you who are into to real rock and roll, you might find it's just a little too boring for you. So I'm giving you that option to cut out. <laughs> now, uh, it, there are we do have some music that I've thrown in that that uh, illustrates what we're talking about. But for the most part, it is a question and answer session between some students and myself. So I wanted to give you that opportunity to either listen or, you know, not listen. In any case, it is a great show with some great questions. So if you're interested in finding out a little bit more about yours truly, listen on. If not, we'll see you next week. All right, get ready for the show. Here we go. It's time for Rock and Roll University on Old Time Rock and Roll. everybody and welcome once again to old time rock and roll i'm your host lee douglas and tonight we have rock and roll university special show dedicated to the students of alvernia university in pennsylvania and they deal with a music class called american popular music of the 20th century so we help them out every so often by being their mentor and giving them answers to the burning questions that they want to know, whatever they may be. All right, let's get started with uh, our friend Bruce Marinelli, who's the professor of that class. Bruce, how you doing? Okay, our first coming from Peg Johnson. How are you? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? Um, the question I have is based on one of the podcasts that I listened to, um, some of the worst songs in history. Okay, go ahead. I would like to know what some of your favorite songs were, what you think were some of the best songs. 
that ever came up. Well, you know, if you would have asked me that a few years ago, I would have given you a different answer. Um, since I've been doing this show, and the reason I've been doing this show uh, is because I love the music and I like to teach about the music. I like everybody to know things. And through the years, I have learned about groups that I never heard of before, believe it or not, and a lot of more English groups. And actually, one of my favorite songs is a song called Tonight. And it's not by uh, a doo-wop group from the, from the 1950s, but an English group from the 1960s called the Rubettes.
originally what my favorite songs were were anything by Jackie Wilson or Jerry Lee Lewis. You, you got her salivating over here. I love Jackie Wilson. Just a smile, hold my hand, baby, just once in a while. That's all I need, that's all I need, and I'll be satisfied. Mm, think of me when you're away. Call me darling just once a day. That's all I need, that's all I need, and I'll be satisfied. So forgiving, just a kiss, just a smile. Hold my hand, baby, just once in a while. That's all I need, that's all I need, and I'll be satisfied. Mm, true love came to me when I met you. True love makes me know I won't forget you when you're around me. It makes me feel life is worth living, baby. Love is so forgiving. Think of me when you're away. Call me darling just once a day. I have every song that Jackie ever recorded except one. And that's because uh, one thing is, uh, as I've said a million times in my, uh, in my podcasts, Lee Douglas is the world's worst person to keep anything for a long period of time. Now, uh, I have all these albums, and the one cut on a Jackie Wilson album that I love the most because I played it the most with something called Wishing Well. And uh, I can't play it. I have ruined it to the point I could not digitize it. Can you find it anywhere else? I have not been able in the last four years to find it. So I, I really don't know. But um, it's uh, anybody out there got a copy of Wishing Well by Jackie Wilson uh, from the uh, Woman, a Lover, and Friend album, get it to me. Okay, that's my ad. Okay. <laughs> By the way, that's not all. I am also looking for the full album of Jackie Wilson, You Ain't Heard Nothing Yet. That's the songs of Al Jolson. Now let's go to a commercial. How much will you spend on your next vacation? $1,000, $2,000, more? Every year, the cost of traveling goes up and up. You travel less while spending more and more money. Here's the way I stretch my vacation dollars. By booking some of the fabulous deals through Vacation Consultants International. How would you like to spend four days in Las Vegas on the Strip for only $49? Or an all-inclusive resort stay for five days and four nights 
at a five-star resort hotel in beautiful Cancun for only $399, including all meals, drinks, taxes, and tips. How about a three- or four-day stay in the Wisconsin Dells or Branson, Missouri at a resort with an indoor water park for only $59? Maybe you want to stay in Atlantic City, Cape Cod, or sunny Orlando. Take a tip from me and call one of the friendly operators at Vacation Consultants International at 877-251-4595 for the very best deals on resort accommodation. VCI has destinations all over the United States and some great international destinations as well. All you have to do to start planning your next vacation is make that call, 877-251-4595. I know you're going to love it. All right, what we got next? Okay, next is going to be Jillian. Hi, Jillian. Hi, Lee. How are you? I am absolutely great for this hour of the morning. I know you guys must be freezing out there. It's a little cold. Well, it's even cold here in Orlando, so... Um, from one of your podcasts, I noticed that you really like Jerry Lee Lewis. Yes. And I was wondering, how big do you think the experience would have been if Scandal had never broken news? Wow, good question. It's probably the best question I've had in the four years or three years we've been doing this. Well, in all honesty, I can't imagine he could have been any more popular, and here's why. Wailing on the corner like an old Tom Kett. Shaking almost off my back. Walks by, he oh my. Jumping your horse up a big blonde baby. Yes, indeed, she flipped me, she was so divine. Fell right down and begged her to be mine, all mine. Held her tight, good night. Jumping your horse up a big blonde baby. Big blonde baby. Ooh, glory be. There I go. When the scandal broke, it put Jerry Lee into a mode where he had to fight for survival, and he was a fighter. If he had stayed, I believe he would have pretty much died off and, uh, you know, spent the rest of his life singing oldies in, in the little back backroom bars like he did after the scandal. The thing that saved Jerry Lee Lewis was the fact that country music fans 
were forgiving fans. And actually, Jerry Lee became a bigger star in the country western field than he did in rock and roll. Morning's come And Lord, my mind is aching Yes, it is Sunshine Standing quietly At my door Just like the dawn My heart is silently breaking With my tears It goes tumbling to the floor Once again The whole town will be talking Yes, they will Lord, I've seen the pity that's in their eyes. They could never understand. It's her sorrow, it's not a man. And no matter what they say, we know she tried. And I know she didn't mean to make me cry It's not her heart, Lord, it's her mind She didn't mean to be unkind Why, she even woke me up to say goodbye It's not a hard Lord, it's her mind She didn't mean to be unkind Why, she even woke me up To say goodbye Goodbye, baby And then, after about 20 years we all forgot about Jerry Lee's scandal. And today, Jerry Lee would be considered, you know, just any average person. I mean, after all, when a former president of the United States can do anything he darn pleases, I guess, uh, you know, it's not going to be hard for, for a performer to do it. And today, you know, uh, I mean, compared to 1950, what's going on today uh, is more scan would have been so scandalous that nobody could have ever survived it back in the 50s. But in the 19th, and you know, and the thing was that scandal was not uh, so unusual because, well, in those days in, in Louisiana and, and Tennessee, you, you could get married at that age. And the fact that he married his cousin was, was to them the biggest deal, but it wasn't a first cousin. In fact, it was more like a third or fourth cousin. And it never would have even come to light if uh, Jerry Lee had been a little smarter and actually checked to find out if he was divorced from his last wife.
which he was not. And that's where the problem arose. But no, I, I don't think he, uh, I think the fact that he had that problem, fought back and became a country western superstar uh, is what saved him. And now, of course, he is the only one, as his album says, he's the last man standing from all those great performers from the Sun Records days. He's the only one still alive. I find it strange that he didn't know he was not divorced from his previous wife. I mean, how, how does anybody not know if you're divorced or married? Well, uh, let's put it this way. Um, Jerry Lee has never been considered to be a genius or a scholar. Um, you know what? <laughs> it, it's, it's hard to, to imagine that, but he really thought he was divorced. I guess it's like the days where, uh, if you ever watch the Andy Griffith show, if you uh, take this bag of incense and bury it under a tree and walk around three times, you're, you're divorced. So, uh, you know, being from the backwoods, you never know what they think. <laughs> you know, I got myself in trouble like that once. Uh, yeah. I met, uh, I don't know if you remember this, Bruce, but... Uh, uh, well, I met the Everly Brothers in 1957 when they came to New York for the first time. And I had said this, I had said that I thought they were just the biggest hicks I ever saw in my life. I mean, they were just sitting there looking at the buildings like, golly. And uh, I got some friends that uh, that listened to the show, and I hate to say this again, because they, and they yelled at me. They really did. They said, don't you, I, mean, I, said, I hate the Everly Brothers, they're a bunch of jerks, but don't call us. Us uh, people from Kentucky, Hicks. So I have to watch what I say. I always get myself in trouble.
better than being a redneck. I'm in trouble again. I know I'm going to get myself in trouble today. Well, you, you see the part. The, the good thing about this, you can edit that out when you're done with this. I wouldn't think of it. It sounds more fun this way. Okay. Our next student is Erica. Erica has a question for you. Erica, before I, I answer your question or even say anything else, that's all we got there. Uh, I hope they got some, some follow-up questions, so this is going to be the shortest show on record. I want everybody to have rebuttals. We're going to do one at a time and then come back. Okay. That sounds good. I like that. Hello? All right, you're going to have to speak a little louder. I'm, I'm getting old. Hello? Yes, that's better. Okay. Hi, how are you? I am absolutely terrific. Hi. I have more of a personal question, I guess, so if you don't really want to answer, you don't have to. I have ans I can answer anything. Okay, good. What influenced you to become a DJ? What was your biggest influence? That's not personal at all. Um, my ho my total influence was Alan Freed. Okay, I'll see. I told And, and because... I like to respond to my question when I ask about Alan Freed. Yes. Yeah, because first of all, let's let's understand that there was a, a, a long time between Alan Freed and Lee Douglas. Uh, there was a 35-year period in there where I was nothing but a, a teacher, and I spent my life teaching kids or keeping them awake or, or keeping them in line, if you would. It wasn't until 19... Well, 2006, that I took my collection of music and started playing it. I'll continue with this after a word from our sponsor. Hey, everybody, this is Lee Douglas. As a listener of old-time rock and roll, I know that you love the 50s and 60s as much as I do. Well, I've found the place for all of us. It's called Lacey's Past and Present. With tens of thousands of 45s, LPs, cassettes, and even 8-tracks and collectibles, they have what you want. Their prices, great. Their selection, incredible. Their service, phenomenal. Want to see what they've got? Log in to L-A-C-E-Y-S Vinyl dot G-E-M-M dot com. That's Lacey's Vinyl dot Gem dot com something you're looking for, you can email them at Lacey's 1953 at earthlink.net or dial toll-free 866-656-1953. And if you live in the central Florida area, visit them at 121 West Plant Street, Winter Garden. Whether it's in person or on the web, visit this wonderland of 1950s and 60s memorabilia. I know you're gonna love it. Now back to my answer. But uh, Alan Freed was more than just a an influence. He was what a DJ should be and always was. And, of course, today there are no DJs. They're either a bunch of loud mouths or you have a bunch of recorded music with somebody saying, the time is now and here's, the, and here's your next ad. But Alan Freed was more of a, than a DJ, he was a personality. He was a, an individual that had uh, great love for, for his music, great love for his fans. And that was the most important thing about him. And, of course, he had a great respect for the people he dealt with. Yeah, I, I think that early, you know, the DJ had the opportunity to be a personality. In today's uh, radio station operations, I don't think they have that opportunity. It's so, uh, you know, cut and dry. Everything is uh, pre-programmed and, you know, sure. you don't even have to be in, in the, stage, uh, the studio to do your show. You go in and you spend 15, 20 minutes in there and you've got an hour or two-hour show. 
on tape and they're just ready to go. Right. And, but you see, that's all these disc jockeys have become talk show hosts. Sean Hannity was the disc jockey. Rush Limbaugh was a sports announcer and disc jockey. And uh, all of these personalities, like Don Imus, they all were originally disc jockeys. And they had to go to talk radio because there were no personalities in radio anymore. I think your radio personalities today, and you're correct in saying so, are your talk radio hosts. Exactly, and that's why they're so popular. Right. And that's a shame because, you know, a little information on each song, a little history, and a little insight into each recording that they that you used to get, it's lost today. Well, why do you think I'm here? <laughs> that's the well, whole well, idea of what I do. That's why your podcasts are enjoyable. You get a little bit of history. Because I, I remember you, you did um, you tried a different format the one time. A theme. Yeah. Now, it was, you know, when I told you, you know, I liked it, but I, I liked your commentary. It's because of that insight into each song or a little bit of history that you did with it. Right. You know, but even... Even disc jockeys like to be uh, creative. Now, you being a musician, it's easy for you to create. For somebody like myself, it's not. And the idea that I did that scenes from a life, which really was my story, was my life, mm -hmm. put to music. And the fact that I was able to be more honest with the songs I played than that was that, that I could actually say out loud, and it was a it was a trick. It was something different. And no, it didn't work out the way I would have liked it. I would have liked everybody to said that was so heart rendering. I could understand the whole story. I saw your whole life folding in front of you, and that's what it was meant to do. But it, you know, I was ahead of my time uh, when I was a teacher. I was telling. I was teaching things that nobody taught. You know, I was the only person, still am the only person in elementary school and middle school that ever taught in math writing a checkbook and balancing a check register. And I was actually told to stop. It wasn't in the curriculum. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have always tried to be on the, on the outskirts and do as much as I can different because different is good. Right. But, you know, that... Um that episode that you did broadcast like that was very interesting, but I think the little uh, commentary, you know, splattered in between, you know, to give a little more insight into your, uh, where you were coming from and, and your life up with the music, I think would have added to it. Sure. That's, that's my opinion. Yeah, I understand. And, I, and most people agree with you. But the thing was, I thought that anything I would have said would have spoiled it. Oh, oh contrary. You know, I mean, because... It's like, who am I? You understand? Who am I? I'm not Elvis. I'm not Jerry Lee. I'm not anybody. I'm just a plain guy. And the fact that I was able to tell my story in, in song made it easier. Whereas if I had to say, well, you know what? In 1960, I had my first romantic encounter with, you know, it just seemed like it didn't belong. You know, it's just, to me, you know, by just hearing the music, I wanted people to say, well, you know what, this is my life, too. This is the way it went. And I thought that the, that my speaking would have really ruined that. At least you can remember back that far. I can't. 
Well, listen, you want to hear, I, I don't know if I ever told you this. Uh, this was the biggest joke, and I tell this all the time here. Uh, when they asked me, you know, I said, you know, um, I actually slept with Barbara Streisand. And everybody looks and says, what? Yeah, I did. And everybody says, oh. I'm, I'm waiting for the rest of this. Well, this was true. I was, uh, let's see, I was uh, uh, 18 months, and she was uh, 26 months, I think, old. And we were in the same crib, so, you know. Uh, no, the truth was that my, my father and uh, her father and a whole bunch of other people were, uh, they worked at the same high school in, in uh, Brooklyn. Uh -huh. And her father was, uh, uh, I believe, I want to say English teacher, but I'm not sure. And uh, my dad was a uh, social studies teacher. And they had a whole group, and I think it was, I'm trying to think if it was, I think it was Westinghouse. Um high school in uh, Brooklyn it was a vocational high school and uh, they all taught that there were like six or seven of them and the year that that um, Barbara's father died I think was about a year after that I had and I didn't know it my parents told me that uh, he had died I think at like 38 or 40 something like that not not very old at all and uh, no, not at all no but uh, so that's my big story. I always tell that, and uh, everybody looks at me kind of strange. But yeah, I don't. And they say, "Well, does she remember me?" I said, "Well, she's crazy. How could she remember me at, at 24 months I old?" Think gotta, I, I think you got to get in contact with her and let her know that. No, thank you. <clears throat> uh, as far as I'm concerned, she's supposed to be in Canada living. I don't know where she lives. Well, no, no, she lives in California. But she she promised everybody that if uh, George Bush was elected president, she would move to Canada. Oh. She's still here. And she's still here. Yeah. yeah. Well, she got her hope and change. That's good. Well, good for her. I hope she pays her share, uh, but I doubt it. Anyway, let's, uh, I don't want to go into politics. Uh, let's get some more questions from uh, your Okay, we're going to go back to Peggy. Okay. All right. I actually have a couple of questions. I love them. Take it. I'll take them all. Okay. Um, I emailed you after listening to your podcast, and I had asked you an opinion on what I thought were some of uh, the worst bands you had ever heard, and you had emailed me back with a comment regarding the Beatles. Kick 
bells, they had a jubilee. Them Georgia folks, they had a jamboree. They're drinking homebrew from a wooden cup. The folks are dancing, they got all shook up. I started playing that rock and roll music. Any old time you use it. It's got a backbeat, you can't lose it. Any old time you use it. Gotta be rock and roll music. If you wanna dance with me. To hear them play a tango And in the mood they take a mambo It's way too early for the Congo So keep a rockin' that piano That's why I go for that rock and roll music Any old time you use it It's got a black beat, you can't lose it Any old time you use it Oh, they got rock and roll music If you wanna dance with me If you believe that the Beatles were one of the worst bands to come out, why? And if the Beatles would not have broken up um, when they did, what do you think would be of the Beatles now? I don't think it. Did I say they were the wor- one of the worst bands? No, you, you made a comment about some of the Beatles' music as being some of the worst music. Oh, okay. One particular song. And you can listen to it, and I guarantee you, if you deny this, if you think I'm wrong, go back to that, that show, The Worst Songs Ever Made. I played the song that I thought was their worst. It was it was called Number Nine Revolution, I think it was, something like right. that. Revolution, Revolution. Number nine. Yeah, oh, that was awful. Number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine. Number nine, 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 number nine. Number nine, 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 number nine
They are standing still. Upon the telegraph. Number nine.
all imbalanced. The Watusi. The twist. Eldorado. Take this, brother. May it serve you well. Yeah. 
if the Beatles were, what do you think the Beatles would be today if they would have still been around? No, I honestly think they, those who would have been dead would have been dead anyway. Uh, George Harrison was a incessant smoker, drinker, and drug taker all his life. Um, John uh, was probably second in that. He was a horrid drinker. Um, if he took one drink, he was gone. He could not handle liquor at all. And, uh, you know, so I think the fact that... Um, Paul is doing what he's doing, and Ringo is doing nothing. He's just living off his money, which is fine. Um, I don't think it would have changed. I don't think they ever, because of their um, the ability, well, forgetting Ringo, because well, I like Ringo. I think he's a great personality, but he was not one of those three geniuses as uh, John, Paul, and George were. Now, so let's say that each one of them had a really good career on their own because they were uh, such great musicians. Ringo was, was a personality. He was not a musician. He was not a great drummer. They, everybody at that age uh, at, around then said he wasn't a great drummer. But the other exactly. three were great musicians. They were fabulous musicians. And I think they, because of the fact that they were all musicians, they could not stay together. Their their creativity would have normally gone in different directions, as they did. Uh, whereas the Rolling Stones, there really was no creativity as far as them being musicians and writers. They just liked to play music. That's why they're still together. I don't think, oh, you know, as together as they can be. Uh, I just don't think it meant anything. They They didn't care if they were apart because they were musically on the same page i like this let's let's sing it and i think that's question. the difference go ahead Lee. i'm sorry no, that's it i'm finished no question for you do you know if ringo ever opened his chain of uh hair uh hair salons no i don't they sure aren't they sure aren't in orlando that was one of his lofty goals when he first you know when they first uh made it big there's a, not knowing how long the, the, the group will last. You know, he's hoping to make enough money to uh, start a chain of beauty salons, hair salons for women. I don't know. I really don't. But I, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, I think he's using his money just the way I would use it if I had all that those many millions. I'd go about. The right now. Yeah, doing nothing. Okay, we're going to go to Julian now. Okay. So, growing up the way you did in New York City and all those influences, did you ever have any interest in becoming an artist or making a business? Sure. I had great interest, great great desire, but no talent. <laughs> Sorry. I listen, I for me, if I could if they say, Do you play anything? I said, Yeah, checkers. That's about it. I can't I, I just don't have any ability whatsoever. Uh, if I played a guitar, my fingers would get caught in the in between the strings. Um, if I played the piano, uh, I can't. My right hand and left hand don't do anything that they're supposed to do together. So I can't. I can't do anything. I can play a drum if I can beat it. That's it. Well, you you played a radio and television, so that's about it, and very badly too.
Oh God, uh, that is a good question, but I can't. I don't know how I can answer it unless you have three hours. Um, favorite memory from growing up? Well, one would be the first time I met Alan Freed and the way he treated me royally, like a friend, uh, like a like a, an uncle, uh, not a, like a kid. Go away, boy! You bother me. I, you want my autograph? Here you go. Now get lost. Uh, he wasn't that kind of person. I think that was one. Uh, great memory from from growing up. Um, needless to say, as I wrote, I don't remember who I responded to, but I basically said that back in the 50s you could grow up and uh, leave your door open, leave your all night, leave your window open. Uh, it was just a different time. A kid could be a kid. I was a kid until I was 26. Um, today you're a kid when you you're an adult when you're 13. Um, People were twice the size as they were when I was growing up. Uh, it's just a different. It's a different era entirely. There's no way. I mean, if you ever look at um, Leave It to Beaver, the best thing I can say is, as as hokey as the show was, that is what a majority of the teenagers were. They were like that. There were as few Eddie Haskells in in my life as you could find. But um, it's in, in truth, it was a different way of living. It was a different way of being. Um, if you were 18, you were still a child. You were just beginning to learn something. And um, by the end of the 60s, things, of course, had started to change. But I, I think the biggest memory of growing up in the 50s was being able to be a kid for a long time. Yeah. I used to live when I went to college at 18. That was in the uh, late 60s. You know, I wasn't as confident or cocky or whatever it is, you know, most teenagers are today going to the world. Totally different society. Oh, Bruce, I know you were sitting there in the 60s with your long hair. I rem I'm sure I know where you were. <laughs> yeah, I had my long hair. I had my uh, high dye shirts, you know, my beetle boots, uh, bell bottom pants. They ruled jacket. I was, you know, I was the cat's meow back then. They, they said the cat's meow in the 60s? I'm sorry? They said the cat's meow in the 60s? No, I'm saying that now. Oh, I was saying, wow. I don't say that in the 90s. Yeah, well, I was the cat's meow in the 60s. Today, I'm just one of their curveballs. Ah, I get you now. I get you. Well, I, I don't know. I, uh, I was as, as much today, I was much in the 60s as I am in the 50s and today. I was very um, straight-laced up front. Never, no one ever saw the back door. So, anyway. You know, you know what else was nice about the 60s, uh, 50s and 60s? Growing up as a kid, everybody had their doors open, and if some kid in the neighborhood got hurt, everybody's mother was out. Absolutely. Today, people look out, not my kid, not worrying about their afraid of getting sued. And if you were at a, a friend's house and you misbehaved, you got a rap on the rear end from their mother, yeah. and then when you got home, you got it again. Yeah. Now I've got to tell you a little secret, and I can, and then I'm thinking as I'm saying this, what record I'm going to play right after I say this. People have asked me to describe myself when I was growing up, and I'll try and get this straight. I was the type of kid that my mother wouldn't let me play with.
about 15 years ago now from uh, complications of Agent Orange. He was in the, in the war. Um, and he, I didn't know this until he died when his mother came over to me and said, you know, we didn't like you. We thought you were a bad influence on our son. And they said that they didn't, they never liked me. They always thought that because I would take him down to rock and roll shows in Harlem at 3 o'clock in the morning and uh, putting him in danger. Of course, I never felt that as danger. But... Uh, then they said at one time, when I guess we were about 19, they, uh, they went to the track. And my friend's parents loved to go to the track. And they, they bet on They found in the third race, I'll never forget this, a long shot called Devil Doug. And they played it, and they won $16,000. And from then on, they loved me. Talk. Yes, talk. yes. Okay. And I did his eulogy, by the way. Sorry? And I did this man's eulogy. And it was the mo and I never heard so many laughs in a in a uh, funeral home in my life. Obviously, well, that's good. I got a standing ovation. Just a shame he couldn't. But uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, move on, Erica. Erica has another one. Hold on, she's very soft spoken. If Alan Green didn't take the for all the DJs and um, didn't drink successfully the way he did, how do you think he would be today? Do you think he'd be bigger than Big Paul? I don't think. Um, 
Alan Freed was, was a, a great person, but he was an, a horrible drinker. Um, I guess that what he had done, what he had gone through, uh, he ex his drinking just increased and increased, and he only lasted probably another four years. But uh, I don't think he would have lasted to, to this day because he was just he was a self-destructive personality. He um, he was a, a workaholic, an alcoholic. And he really was very upset by uh, that his parents refused him. They they uh, just kind of wrote him off. They um, they just wouldn't take his money. Uh, they wouldn't talk to him because they didn't like what he was doing and the fact that he was. Um, I guess the, I, I don't want to even say the, what the, what they what he told me, but um, basically they didn't like what he did or the people he associated with. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know it, it's strange because I, I can understand where he was coming from. Uh, I guess my mother was like that. My father wasn't. My mother would have been that way if I had done something like married out of my religion or, or race. She would have been that way. Where my father would have been more understanding. Unfortunately. Both of Alan's parents felt the same way, and he uh, never could take that. And then again, uh, although he was a drinker before, after his accident and the fact that his whole face was dis disfigured and had to be re-put together, he never looked as good as he did when he was younger. And I think that also had a great deal to do with uh, his drinking. Did you know that? In fact... No, I, didn't know he, I didn't know he was in an, uh, an accident and had reconstructive surgery. Yes, most people think he was... Most people thought he was um, half black because he, his face didn't look right. And the truth was, it was almost all burned away. I never knew that. Oh, yes. Yeah. You learn something new every day from you, Lee. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, uh, there are two movies out. There's one movie out about his life called uh, Mr. Rock and Roll, Al the Alan Freed story. Uh, Judd Nelson, I think, did the, uh, the part of Alan Freed. They didn't um, overemphasize that part that he fell asleep at the wheel he didn't fall asleep he was dead drunk but um but uh the fact that he had his they didn't do anything about the reconstructive surgery they just wrapped his face up and then he came out of it in the movie but it's a it's a much better movie uh than the than anything else about his life. Um, and actually, Paula Abdul played this lady friend of his, which um, he never, uh, according to the movie, consummated. However, I believe that that woman would have been his third wife, Inga. Of course, Paula Abdul couldn't play an Inga. I haven't seen that movie. I don't think, uh, see if I can find it and watch it. Great movie. It's very hard to get a hold of. It's, but it's, if you go on Amazon, it's very cheap. What's the title of it? Mr. Rock and Roll, The Alan Freed Story. Okay. And why, I have, the other question was Wishing Well. I'm going to get back to that one real quick. Yes. What was the name of the album? I believe that was on a woman, a lover, and a, and a friend album. I have some friends here that have a lot of old records. Uh -huh. I'm going to contact them and see if they have that and see if I can get a copy of um, Wishing Well for you. Oh, boy. Give me, just get me the whole album on MP3s. I don't care. There are a lot of songs I don't even remember that he did. But uh, And did I ever tell you the story about Jackie Wilson uh, at the Copa? No. I went to the Copa um, as, as a kid. I was, yeah. I was probably uh, 20, first time I could even get near the Copa. Um, and um, he went on stage and he did a, a beautiful rendition of My Yiddish Mama. And I had met Jackie many times at the Alan Freed shows. So as he was going off stage, I was up there. We were all applauding. And uh, 
after you did the song, I went over to him and I said to Jackie, I said, Jackie, do you remember me? He says, yeah, you're from the, from the Alan Freed kids. I said, yeah. I, he said, I said, you, you did a great job. I love that you Yiddish your mama. I said, but some, I said to him, funny, you don't look Jewish. And, and he laughed his way all the way back to the, the dressing room. Sammy Davis up up close. The kid, the, he wasn't. He was shorter than he even looked. He looked like he looked like a midget. He really did. Yeah, we can see him with the Rat Pack and uh, his stature compared to uh, Sinatra and Dean Martin. You know. Yeah, but he was still wearing. He was still taller than he. He looked taller than he was. I think he had lifts. Yeah, and he he was much shorter than that. I know because. I saw him one day in person back on the beach in the 1960s, early in the 60s. Uh, he, was, he was actually stumping for a, uh, a guy by the name of John Lindsay, who was mayor of New York. And I, I took a look at him and I said, my God, he's shorter than Mickey Rooney. That's short. Yeah. Very good challenge. 
but very, very nice person. Always was. Everybody loved Sammy Davis. Everybody. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, whether I find a place in this world or never belong, I gotta be me. I gotta be me. What else can I be? I want to live, not merely survive, and I won't give up this dream of life that keeps me alive, I gotta be me, I gotta be me, the dream that I see makes me A world of success is waiting for me if I heed the call. I won't settle down, won't settle for less, as long as there's a chance that I can have it all. I'll go it alone. How it must be I can't be right For somebody else If I'm not right for me I gotta be free I've gotta be free Daring to try To do it or die somebody else if I'm not right for me I gotta be free I just gotta be free daring to try to do it or die I gotta be me Well, that's what you get for living in those uh, backwoods. No, I better not say that. Um, actually, I shouldn't say that. My wife comes from Pennsylvania. Well, yeah, well, she comes from the outdoor Bethlehem area. I grew up, you know, in a small little community, you know, south of Scranton. Well, so she, she came from uh, where they make the, the Crayola crayons, Easton. Easton? Yes. Yeah. See, that, that's a different part of Pennsylvania. I grew up in a little small hick town. You look back, I mean, it was very sheltered. Hick isn't the right word, but a lot of these cold, uh, cold region towns where we grew up, very sheltered, and, you know, you didn't have the opportunities like you have in New York City growing up or a major city. Right. And that, that, you know, they both have their positive sides and they both have their negatives. Well, I never found a negative in New York City until I got older. 
No, you're at your age and being able to go to uh, Alan Freed Studios and getting firsthand meeting with these, you know, stars and performers of the early rock and roll era, I I fail to see anything negative about that either. You know what was negative about that? That there were no cell phones with cameras. Because uh, I did not, I have no record of these meetings. Um, a camera was a commodity. You, nobody brought a camera unless you were, well, you know, maybe by, by the time uh, Elvis came along, uh, people were, you know, buying cameras. But when I was growing up, my parents wouldn't let me out of the house with the camera. It was, it was too valuable. And, uh, yeah, so all of these people, I mean, I'm sitting down to lunch with, with a Buddy Holly and, and Richie Valens, and I got no, nothing to, to, to record that, nothing. That was the, the shame of it all. Yeah. Man, that was, I'm starting to kick myself now. Oh, well. Anyway, any more questions out there? Yes, Jillian has another one. Okay. So we know Mr. Randall is not a fan of the music of today, but what do you think about it? Say that again. The music of today. Is there any? Well, okay. That's, that's the joke. <laughs> well, it's not a joke. I mean, the music is the joke. But go ahead. So that, that was just wondering your opinion on it. They know how I feel about it. Yeah. And I, well, I, I pretty much mirror everything you say. Um, I, I think that music has gone beyond what it can ever be considered um, when somebody talks to me about Lady Gaga I can pretty much say um, the only good the only bad thing that I can say about Madonna is she wasn't as bad as Lady Gaga the only thing I can say bad about Britney Spears is she's not as bad as Lady Gaga uh, they seem to get worse and worse and they push the envelope as far as they can go. And it's gotten to a point when we have to hear, I mean, rap is one thing. Rap is, is bad. I mean, it's just, it's just a type of music that has been around for 50 years, but it's never been uh, as, as, I guess, explicit. But the music that the majority of people are listening to, even the ones that are produced out of American Idol and that kind of stuff, it is horrid. Every single person sounds the same. And the only time there is ever something that really is meaningful, turns out it's, got to, it's either an old 50s song or it's got some 50s music thrown in. I think there was a uh, singer called Fergie who did a song and uh, the kids, I remember I was still teaching at the time, and the kid, kids are sitting there listening to this music and I said, who's that? And they said, well, it's Fergie. I said, do you realize that the background of that music is um, 50 years old? It had Little Richard's group singing The Girl Can't Help It in the background. Turn the 
mistake, they come well done. Can't help it, girl, can't help it. She made Grandpa feel like 21. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. The girl can't help it, she was born to please. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. And if I go to her, I'll be in the knees. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Oh, won't you It's, it's incredible. Um, there's no, anything that's really new is not good, honestly. Um, the, the one thing that came out of American Idol was that wonderful country singer. Um, I always forget her name, but I know, I think you know who I'm talking about. And, yes. She, I knew from the first time I watched her on that show in the auditions, she was a star. And I have seen them all, and I have not seen one since then that can hold a candle to what she did. Uh, she is, she has really made more money than anybody else, and Simon Cowell's made a fortune on her. He doesn't have to work anymore. But um, the others have come and gone. They've made very little names for themselves. She has... Uh, this uh, what is it Fantasia Barino flash in the pan she almost tried to kill herself she um, they're all doing okay the actors are not actors the actresses are not actresses they're just um, what they called stars or starlets or they're just personalities who happen to get in front of a camera so I'm sorry, my friends, but the, the year 2000s, the year 1990s, 19, uh, 2000, 2010, there are no singers and there are no actors. Sorry. Yeah. The girls are saying here, we're doomed. You know, the sad part is, you know, their music is so loud. It's hard to tell if they have a good voice or not. No, 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 no. Our, our music was loud, and my parents couldn't understand one th word they said. No, come on, let's be honest. It's not any louder than it was. I went to a warp tour a couple of years ago with my son. I could not understand the word they were saying. Now, maybe it's just because my ears are old. I don't know. 
to this day, if I don't have a, a bunch of lyrics of the 50 songs in front of me, I can't understand half of it anyway. I never understood. I didn't understand for 20 years until when I remember the, what was it, Little Richard's record, Lucille. Mm -hmm. I never understood what he was saying until I heard the, the Everly Brothers sing the song. Mm -hmm. Never understood it. Yeah, but but it was it was Lula, it was a girl, but the point is that that's that's not going to change. It's just the music was always loud. At least, well, you know what? You didn't sit in the first row when Bo Diddley was playing his guitar, so you don't know loud. Okay, when you're in the Brooklyn Paramount and. Bo Diddley has 18 amplifiers plugged in to this one guitar. You don't know what loud is, so that doesn't go. The, the, the fact that the songs are loud is not the point. It's the songs are not good, and the artists are not good. And and that's just the truth. Sure. But See, and I, don't, I don't disagree with that, but I would like to hear, you know, hear some of them without you know, being able to sing. You know, a standard like, you know, Rod Stewart's doing today. Well, you have to understand that. Remember, they go into the studio, they do one take, and that's all they need. Then they go ahead and they tweak it, whatever they want, with the, with the soundboards and with all the equipment they have. They don't have to spend... Uh, I remember, we, we it was, Little Richard did 42 takes of Long Tall Sally. I mean, today they walk in, they sing it, they leave, and then the next 10 weeks... The uh, sound people go to work on it. Right. And they, so they tweak yeah. it, they adjust it. You know, they can they can take the note if it's a little bit flat or a little bit sharp. Exactly. Just a little turn of the knob on the board, they can bring that right in the in the tune. Exactly. If they want to take a different background, they just put in a different background. So it's it's totally a different ball game right now. But uh, to to uh, go back and say this, I have to take one thing out. Yeah, Johnny Depp is still an actor. I think he's the last actor you're ever going to see. Really good actor. I might be mistaken, but I believe so. I mean, I don't care for a lot of the work he does, but the fact that he can play uh, Barnabas Collins, which he's doing next year, and then play um, Edward Scissorhands, and then play um, that loony Captain Jack Sparrow, he's an actor. He's probably the last one that we will ever see in our lifetime. I hope that's not true, but it may very well be. I hope not, but I, that's all I see. Mm -hmm. I have a friend that uh, that uh, is in the business. He works. He's both a wrestler and he works in the motion picture business. And uh, the insight that he's told me about some of the people he's worked with, I can't believe. Very hard to believe. I, I don't find it hard to believe at all today. Way society is and what they're willing to accept, the moral standards, and nothing surprises me. Well, that's why I said in the first question I got, Jerry Lee would not have had a problem in today's society, and that would have killed him because Jerry Lee relishes in getting himself in trouble. He did it all his life. It brings the limelight to him. Yes. He likes, yeah. Even today, I think he likes being in the limelight in the center of attention. That's true. That's true. And uh, he he already says, he said he told his uh, cousin Jimmy Swaggart, when J Jimmy told him, he says, you keep playing that rock and roll, son, you're going to go to hell. And he says, 
I'm going to rock my way in. And and he's still alive. I can't believe it. The man has gone through more surgery and more uh, tragedy than any other performer ever made, ever, ever. And he's still alive. He's a lucky man in that aspect. I don't know how lucky he is, but going through uh, the death of two of your children. Yep. Um, and then two of your wives being murdered, and you don't even get accused? you lucky. Yeah, yeah, I'd say he's a lucky wow. man. Yeah, yeah. He is the last man standing, and I am running out of time here, I think. Um, yeah, well, Erica just said Jerry Lee's wife were murdered. Two of them were murdered in, under uh, suspicious circumstances. He was never accused of any of them. They're, they're sitting here, their, their jobs just hit the table. They're amazed. One of them was shot. Did they know by who? Uh, no. And you know who else Jerry Lee was involved with? Um, remember that, um, the one that, that, that was married to, um, what's his name, uh, Bobby Blake, Robert Blake, that was murdered? Yeah, the, the actor. Bonnie Lee Bake, Bonnie Bakley. He um, uh -huh. he was. She tried to get a hold of Jerry Lee, and Jerry Lee managed to get out of that before he got in trouble. Wow. Yeah, she was a strange woman. That uh, I'll tell you. But he he luckily managed to escape that problem. She see she makes me happy, makes me feel so good. I wouldn't marry Bunny B if I could. We're too young, we got a long time to wait. But Bunny, baby, that don't mean hesitate about loving me. So kiss me, Bunny, Bunny B, Bunny B, Bunny, Bunny, Bunny B. But Bunny, Bunny B, she's the pride of our school. When she walks down the hall, the hall Cherry pink lips and turned up nose that makes a cat wanna flip. Flip over bunny, bunny bee, bunny bee, bunny, bunny, bunny bee. So kept on a flip Flip over bunny, bunny, bee, bunny, bee, bunny, 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 bee 
Nothing touches that man. You ever heard of the Teflon Don? Came out in Brooklyn? Yep. Well, he is the Teflon rock and roll singer. Out of, without a doubt, the man is, has survived more than anybody else should. I mean, uh, and never tried to commit suicide. He just drank and ate and took drugs, I guess. But he's still here. That's remarkable. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, guys, I, I appreciate this. This is the honest, be honest with you. These three young ladies are better than any of the other classes you've had before you. And even when we had 19 of them in there, this was this was the most enjoyable to me. So I thank you all. No, thank you. Well, I want to thank Bruce and his young ladies in his class. And uh, it has been a very good show. And I hope you'll all be with us every week as we continue bringing you the best of old-time rock and roll. For everybody here at Old Time Rock and Roll, this is Lee Douglas. Have a great week. That's a wrap. Good night, my love. Pleasant dreams and sleep tight, my love. May tomorrow be sunny and bright and bring you closer to me. There's just one thing I'd like to know Is your love still warm for me? Or has it grown cold? If you should awake in the still of night Please have no fears For I'll be there You know I can Please give your love to me, dear me. Good night, my love Pleasant dreams Sleep Hide my love May tomorrow be Sunny and bright And bring you closer To me If you should awake In the still of night Please have no for I'll be there You know I care Please give your love To me dear me. Good night my love Pleasant dreams And sleep tight my love May tomorrow be 
sunny and bright and bring you closer to me Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky Lucky in line at the deli I guess Aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details